Want to experience Christ United like never before? Download our app today. You can watch live and previous messages, take sermon notes, get calendar updates, find giving options, and more. Just go to your app store and search Christ United. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on our church, check out ChristIsLove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Hey, before you sit, if God's been good to you, give him what he deserves right now. Mercy. You guys rocked it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let's give God a hand for them. Thank you so much. We are, we are talking today. We've been in a series about all in. And as we come to the end of that series, we're going through the book of Matthew. We're down to the ultimate all in charge message that Jesus gives. Kind of like the locker room talk right before he leaves his disciples. It's the last thing recorded in the book of Matthew. And he says this, all authority. And this is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. If anybody wants to be following along, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And as that commission is given, this locker room speech says, let's go be all in. Let's do this thing. I got to be honest with you. For me, for most of my Christian life, and particularly in my early Christian life when I was just beginning to follow Jesus for the first number of years, this locker room talk, this last talk of Jesus, this thing that's supposed to fire these guys up to go and change the world, guys, it did almost nothing for me. And I just want to see if there's anybody else here who can identify with this feeling. Is It didn't like my fire it didn't float my boat it didn't get my afterburns jetted I just didn't feel like it was motivating to me at all to get out and do something this statement make disciples because what Jesus said was all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me make disciples that's the verb that's there that's the thing make disciples as you're going and baptizing and teaching and 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 I, I want you to make disciples it didn't fire me up for this number one reason was this What's a disciple? A disciple is kind of like, to me, the the word, the name disciple was really a word that really didn't fire me up. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like, make accountants. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm looking at an accountant right now. She's mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But like, make accountants. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, I guess. Because a disciple to me was a student of the Bible, a slightly weird student of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That followed around behind somebody. That's a disciple. I'm going like, so let's go make slightly weird students of the Bible out of the whole world, you know? (laughs) And and so that didn't fire me up necessarily. And then the idea of make Go and make disciples. Make them disciples. Make them disciples. It's kind of like, be a disciple or else. You know what I'm saying? It's like, make them be a disciple. You're like, you know, I'm going to get in your face and make you be a disciple. Or is it more like make disciples, like make, like manufacture. It brought the images of, of our robot to mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going we're gonna to make disciples. We're going to mass produce these guys. You know what I'm saying? 
this is supposed to be an arm, so it goes here, you know? And it's like, we're, we're making, we're, we're going through some kind of formula, we're gonna make a bunch of disciples. So do y'all get the picture? I wasn't fired up about this idea. Am I making them do it? Or am I mass producing these things called disciples, these slightly weird Bible students? What is this all about? And, and then there was a the whole piece about, you know, go and make disciples. I felt like this, go meant I had to go, I'm supposed to go into all the world. So I thought, if I really believe this is true and I'm supposed to do it, it means that I'm gonna be living in a hammock in the Amazon fighting off pythons and eating bugs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've got to go somewhere way away from here, you know, to be able to feel fully listened. And I, I didn't honestly feel like it was even my thing. Like it wasn't my job. Because if you're in that role, you're like, I'm not a pastor, I'm not an evangelist, I'm, not a, I, I'm, just a, I'm just a Christian. And so it's not really my job to do this. And, and the whole idea of baptizing people, baptizing, I mean, for me, I grew up in a church that all they ever did was sprinkle people, even though we Methodists baptized by immersion all the time, but, but it was like uh, sprinkle water on people. That's exciting. You know what I'm saying? Not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, really, I really didn't feel like that's very exciting. And then teaching. Y'all, I hated school. I mean, I really did. I hated school with a passion. Wonder that I ever graduated. But I didn't like school, you know? But, but even through college and, and through, through post-college work and doctoral degree work, the whole time it's like class. And I'm going like, class? Man, so how many people would be like me a little bit that you're kind of like going, what? This is not very motivating now, now, here's the thing. For me, I want y'all to tune into this because it, it'll radically shake up your life if God does for you what he did for me over a period of time. And honestly, it really did not culminate until about five or six years ago when I finally got hold of it. And this, this thing, this great commission, this talk started to really make sense to me. And the first thing that happened was I understood the part about all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Because I used to think of it like this. Jesus was saying... I got authority over everything. I'm telling you to do it. You better go do it. I thought that's what he meant. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I have the authority to tell you to do it. I have authority to make people do whatever I want to do. So go do what it is that you're supposed to do. And I've got authority over all the people you're going to be talking to. So go do it. But they didn't, didn't get the picture. I didn't get the picture that I was ignoring the whole rest of the book. Do you understand what they had understood about the authority of Jesus? They realized that Jesus had the authority over demonic spirits and over every disease and sickness. He had the authority over every oppressive religious or political leader or system. He had the authority to, to actually the wind and the waves, to calm the wind and the waves. He had the authority to take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000. He had this power and the right to use it to meet every singing, single human need on the planet. There was not any human need that he did not meet. And he also had the authority, you remember as we went through the Sermon on the Mount, he had the authority to actually answer the question, how are we really supposed to have right relationships with God and right relationships with other people? All kinds of people can write books and give speeches and talk about what is right and is wrong, but he has the authority to say this is, this is exactly how you're supposed to live. This is exactly how you're supposed to be in relationship with God. Does that make sense? And so watch this. He's saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
You've seen it, guys, over and over, that expression. They saw he had authority. He had authority in all these areas. He had power and the right to use it to meet every single human need, not just on earth, but also in heaven. Do you remember he said, I want you to know when he healed a guy who was, who was paralyzed, he said, I just needed you to know that I have the authority to forgive sins. So he said, your sins are forgiven. Get up, take your pallet, and walk. He wanted you to know, wanted those disciples to know, he said, I've even got the authority to forgive sins. The dude sitting beside you in the bar who says, it's all right, man. It's all right. Everybody enjoys a drink every now and then. doesn't have the authority to forgive you. Your mama doesn't have the authority to forgive you. It's okay, baby. Nobody in all the universe except for him has the authority to forgive sins, to cancel those sins, to wipe them out. There's no record in heaven for all of eternity that you ever sinned. He said, I've got the authority to do that. And then they knew now that he has authority over hell and death. He has just been crucified and buried and raised from the dead. And all of a sudden, you get to picture what he means now when he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You will never lock eyes with a human being, nobody in your circle of influence, nobody in your school, nobody in your neighborhood, nobody you work with, no human being on the planet will ever come in contact with you that Jesus doesn't have the power to meet whatever need is in their life, whether it's emotional or whether it's physical or whether it is spiritual, if it's financial, if it's relational need, it does not matter what any human on this planet needs, he has the authority, the power to do something about it. And so you understand now why he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all people. Why? Because you, there are no people anywhere in all the world in any nation who don't desperately need Jesus, Right? And there is not a person on the planet for whom he is not the answer. So go get them all, right? So, man, that's right. So, so, so far, so good, right? All authority. And all of a sudden, I'm understanding authority different. It's starting to change things a little bit. But I still got this, this disciple thing. Like, make weird Bible students. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, I make people who study and follow Jesus around like, like a, a scene from a Monty Python movie or something. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're like, you got this image. It's like, what's a disciple? And you know what a disciple is? A disciple is one who is a student of and a follower of in order that they might become like. Jesus said it's enough for the student become like the disciple to become like the teacher. You see, a disciple is somebody who is becoming like the one who is their discipler. All right? And so watch this picture. Get, get this picture. It'll, it'll change everything for you. It means that a disciple is someone who has chosen to follow him and learn to live like him, being made like Jesus, to learn to love and to live like Jesus. So you know what it really means to complete the process of making a disciple? Making a disciple means this, that I'm helping someone live and love like Jesus. So to make a disciple means that 
Making a disciple makes someone who loves and lives like Jesus. Now get this picture. Imagine that. This is a person who loves and lives like Jesus. That's now your definition of a disciple. Everybody got that definition in your mind? The definition of a disciple is somebody who loves and lives like Jesus. And I want to let you in on a little secret. If you're not a disciple, you're not a Christian. John, who was there and was listening to that whole thing, he later wrote this in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. If anyone says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in them. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in them. He says, this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Man. So he's saying, a disciple is somebody who is loving and living like Jesus and making a disciple that process of just saying, this is a person who is loving and living like Jesus. I just want to ask you this question. Like, anybody think the world needs some more of those people? Does it motivate you at all to think, you mean I could be a part of people loving and living like Jesus? Making a disciple is getting somebody to point that they love and live like Jesus. That is a locker room speech, right? That's something I can sink my teeth into. That's something that's a world changer there, right? But there's this problem, and the problem is the word make. I'm still going like, well, I mean, it's like force them to, you know? Or this kind of like follow all the rules and assemble them well. You know what I'm saying? Let's manufacture a bunch of them. That doesn't fit with loving like Jesus does it. We can't manufacture them or make them. We can't make them. I told you to love or else, you know, doesn't work. What does it mean to make? And, and for all you Greek scholars who just, I think you'll affirm this to 110%. Make had nothing to do with coercion. The implication of that expression of making disciples is like a guy yesterday I did a wedding for our Roz. Everybody, anybody who knows Roz is, oh, Roz is awesome. Um, Roz got married to a guy who's truly like in her league. He is awesome. His name's Chris. And Chris, I always ask people, I say, I want you to express to me your love for and your thoughts about and your feelings toward why do you want to marry this person? And, and so he was expressing that and he wrote it all out and I shared it at the wedding yesterday. And here's what he said. He said, Roz makes me more the man I want to be. She inspires me. She motivates me. She encourages me. She helps me be more the man I want to be. Do y'all get the picture of make now? To make a disciple means I want to inspire them. I want to motivate them. I want to encourage them. I want to help them, right? So here's making a disciple. Inspire motivate, encourage, and help somebody else love and live like Jesus. Does that rock? And all of a sudden, it's opening up my heart and my mind, and I'm going like, wait wait a minute. You mean Jesus is telling me I want you to spend the rest of your life inspiring and motivating and encouraging and helping other people live and love like me? I can get into that. Can you get into that? Could you get into that and say, God, man, that could be my life right there, right? Could it? Could it? Now, now, here's the thing. Do you understand what that will do? 
Do you understand that that is the answer to every marriage that is unraveling? It's the answer to every rebellious teenager. It's the answer to every teen pregnancy. It's the answer to every um, threat of abortion. It's the answer to every war. Right? It's the answer that we wish had been there for Nicholas Cruz. Wonder what if somebody had said, I want to inspire him, motivate, and encourage him, and help him to love and live like Jesus. And God's just going like, do you know it is the only hope? Do you know that when Jesus created his church, he said, I will build my church, which is a gathering of people for a purpose, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm going to be able to do through you, I'm going to change the world one relationship at a time. Because one relationship at a time, you're going to teach people, you're going to help people, you're going to inspire them, motivate, encourage them, and help them to love and live like me. And that will change everything. Imagine what your school would be like if everybody, imagine what elementary school would be. I've got a kid, I've got a grandson in elementary school, and there is a bully in his class. And this is the crazy, this is human nature, but he, the, his bully is 10 years old just like he is. I want to beat that bully up. I do, I'm embarrassed, 55 years old, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. You know the only solution to bullying? Somebody inspiring and motivating and encouraging, helping people love and live like Jesus, agreed? How would elementary schools be different if that was the passion and drive? That's the passion and drive of reach. Reach is not about teaching people how to play drums or do art. Reach is about taking little kids and saying, I want to inspire and motivate and encourage and help you love and live like Jesus. Would that change the whole education system? Right? How many people would love for that to just kind of move in to Congress and move into every aspect of our leadership, right? In this nation and nations around the world. How many people would like a little short dude in, in North Korea to have somebody inspiring him and motivating him and encouraging him to love and live like Jesus, right? And God's just saying, don't you realize what a powerful thing that I'm telling you to do? And so he has this thing, make disciples. And how many people here are truly pretty psyched about making disciples right now? It's like, yeah, yeah, right? And so now you got to know about how, how do I do it? And there are, there are participles. They are, they are like the adjectives that, that have a form of a verb. And he's basically, basically saying this. Here's how you're going to do it. It's while you're going, while you're baptizing, while you're teaching. And, and that going piece, that going piece that I used to interpret as being in the Amazon jungle, eating bugs and fighting off, pythons you know that thing of going I later realized man he's saying you go and do what I've been doing wherever I send you wherever I plant you in your work in your place of business and if I send you overseas some of my greatest experiences have been in places like Uganda and Rwanda and other places that are just beautiful people in beautiful places but the truth is is that right down the street at the at the the, the sun what do you call that station anyway I don't know it's like Scotchman, but a Scotchman convenience store. Before God, there is just as much opportunity to go to Scotchman as there is to go to Uganda. 
and go to Rwanda. Go to your classroom. Go to your neighborhood. Go, go wherever you go, you go, but you do what I've been doing. When he sent his disciples out, he said, I want you to go and do the very things that I've been doing. I just want you to go and love people like I've been loving. I want you to go and meet needs like I've been meeting. I want you to go and love like I've been loving. And he doesn't love just with words. He loves with action, right? And he's saying, go do that. Just go. Go, go to reach. Spend an afternoon a week investing in the heart and life of a child. Go, go do what I've been doing, Jesus said. And look, if you'll begin to do what I've been doing, then guess what? Then you'll begin to start making disciples. You'll start inspiring and motivating and encouraging and helping others love and live like Jesus. But then there's the teaching part. And how many people here are going like, I'm not a teacher, so he can't be talking to me. Oh, he's talking to you. But you gotta understand how Jesus taught, how he taught us to teach. You know what Jesus said? Come follow me. Watch me. And then as you're watching me, when you have questions, I'll answer them. When you see me do, you do as I do. When you see me wash feet, you wash feet. You just watch me and you learn from me. And as you learn from me, you'll start getting it. And guess what? Paul, the greatest teacher probably that we ever have known of in Scripture, what did he say in 1 Corinthians 11.1? 1? He said, what? Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Is that simple enough? Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And if you're sitting there saying like, oh, that could never be me. I'm too bad of a sinner. I'm too bad. Jesus, you remember this. Paul said this concerning himself. He said, here's the trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Paul's just saying, man, I was a mess. I was a wreck. I was the wicked of the wicked. And I just want you to know that if you'll follow me, I'll show you how to walk out of that into a whole new way of life. And even when you see me fall, you'll see how to handle yourself well when you've fallen. Just follow my example. Let's live this together, right? Let's live this together. Our, our brother who spoke to us about, about men and relationships, he was saying, you need relationships with people who are going to live it with you. I told you it was about five or six years ago when this really took hold of me, and all of a sudden I started realizing, honestly, to that point, this is crazy. I, I, I confess it. It's embarrassing, but it's the reality. After like, what, like 30 years of ministry, I've been in ministry forever, I honestly was confounded by the idea of making disciples. Like, how do you teach them? I used to get all kinds of books. And you get books, and sometimes those things are that stinking thick, it seems. And it's like, yo, I'm dyslexic. I don't even like to read. You know what I'm saying? And like, I can't do this. It's too complicated. And I got like 10 different methods of how you got to make a disciple and all that kind of stuff. And it just got overwhelming. And all of a sudden, God got it down. And he said, you know what you got to do? You got to live in relationship with some guys and live out your faith with them and let them see you doing it. And you walk with them and you share your sin. You share your mess. You share your struggles. You share your victories. And together, you're going to grow and they're going to grow and they're going to be able to help other people grow, Right. You just need to get in some relationships. And so that's the reason we have C groups. That's the reason everybody in this congregation is in C groups. And if they aren't yet, they will be. Because all a C group does is just get some people together to start living life, desiring to pursue loving and living like Jesus. That sound like a, a, an honorable goal to you? 
Let's just get together and learn to live and love like Jesus. That's what we do. And that started for me about five years ago, and it has been the most joy that I have ever experienced in my entire Christian life, right? But here's the thing. Before we do the teaching, he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, that was never really exciting to me when I was a kid. And even after I got older and I was baptizing people, I didn't get how it fit with, you know what I'm saying? Is everybody supposed to be baptizing? Do you realize something? Guys, we were watching a video of the ocean baptism that we did recently, and, and face after face after face filled with joy coming up wet and, and just shining with brand new life. The Bible says that when somebody's baptized, that we're reminded that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, they too can live a new life. And you're watching people rise up knowing their sins have been washed away and knowing they're rising to live a new life. And you see the joy and the passion that comes into their faces. When we see those baptisms, you know who those people are? They're people that you've been praying for. They're people that you've been sharing with. They're people that you've been loving. They're people to whom you've gone and you've shared. And when somebody you love comes up out of that water, guess what? You're a part of that baptism. You're a part of that baptism, and we are baptizing. When we look at how many people were baptizing last year, we don't say, Steve baptized 13 people last year. You know what I'm saying? Jeff baptized how many people? We don't say that, do we? We say what? We say, we. Do you get the picture? Do y'all understand the joy that God wants to flood your lives with when you start praying for people? All these banners up here represent people that we're praying for and praying that God will forever change their lives, that he'll bring them out of death into life, out of darkness into light, that he will take them and radically transform their lives and their families, that he will pour his love into their heart and he'll begin to teach them to live like him, right? And we want to see that transformation take place in lives. And we see it over and over and over again. And every time we see it, I want to tell you before God, there is nothing in all the world that brings greater joy to your heart than watching God change a life and knowing that he used your love as a part of making that happen, right? So how many people could be pretty psyched about, hey man, I could get pretty fired up about a baptism, <laughs> Right? I could get pretty fired up. I was telling the men at the men's conference, I've had two friends I've been praying for for years who both gave their lives to Jesus recently, one in particular, and, and this one friend I've been praying for for five years. My secret brothers have been praying for this guy for five years. And, and when I was with him, and he's just weeping, he was weeping as Jesus was bringing grace and forgiveness all over his life, and I was just like, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. But you know what I was thinking the whole time? I was thinking, I can't wait for your baptism, dude. <laughs> Cannot wait for your baptism. I cannot wait to see you come up out of that water. I cannot wait to see the joy in your eyes. And I can't wait to hear all my brothers and sisters who've been praying for you celebrate and come throw their arms around you and love you. Who wants to baptize somebody, right? All right, now anyway, here's just going, baptizing, teaching them. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. How many people could get into that? But you might be thinking to yourself, but how? How can I do it? I'm so weak. How many people here feel like, honestly, this is, this is important. I'm going to have to get real vulnerable with you. Honestly, up until about, about six years ago, I honestly felt to myself like, I've been through seminary, hold a doctoral degree, have all this stuff going. I mean, I've been pastoring churches for a long, long time. I honestly felt inadequate to make a disciple. 
I felt like I can't. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I don't know. Somebody must know enough, but I don't know enough. How many people have ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like, I just don't know enough? And all of a sudden, I'm coming down and realizing God's saying, I just want you to inspire, motivate, encourage, and help people love and live like me. And yeah, you're a mess, Jeff, but if you'll just live with people and love people and you'll just start walking with people, then all of a sudden you're going to realize that, guess what? You're not doing this. I'm doing this in you. And listen, he said, yeah, right, right, right. And he said this. The last thing he said was, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, y'all. y'all I mean, y'all, just get this. Hey, they knew he, he had just said it to them. It's recorded by John, one of the disciples, in John chapter 14, starting in verse 12. Here's what he says. He says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. They'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. He said, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. And I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. And he says, the world doesn't know him because any of the season, the, 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 this, this world around you doesn't even recognize him, Right? And neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. He said, now listen to this, guys. You're going you're to tune in. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Y'all, hey, tune in. I want you guys, hey, pay attention. Look up, look up. You're going to love this, all right? You're going to love it. Jesus was saying, everything that I've been on the planet doing, teaching people how to love and live, you're going to do it. And all the things that I had the authority and power to do, you're going to have. Because you're not going to be doing it on your own. Because I'm going to come to you. I'm coming to you. Y'all listen to this. Jesus, the son of the living God. If you ever wonder what it would have been like to be one of those disciples and walk with Jesus. He said, you're going to have it better than that. Because I'm not just going to walk with you. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to pour out my love into your heart. And all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself having a love for people that, that you couldn't even have on your own. Right? All of a sudden, you're going to find yourself being able to do things you couldn't have done on your own. All of a sudden, you're going to realize that I'm in my Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. All of a sudden, you're going to realize I'm inspiring and motivating and encouraging and helping people love and live like Jesus. And that's all I want to do till the day I die. That's all I want to do. That's all. Listen, guys, listen. It's all I want to do. It changes their lives. It changes their family lives. It changes the world. Who's ready to make a disciple? I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to stand. And, and as these guys come and they sing, if there's anybody here besides me who needs to do it, this chancel rail is open for anybody here who needs to come and fall on your face before God and say, I get it now. I get it now. I'm going. We invite you to come. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast by Christ United. If you'd like to respond to today's message, or if you want to share how God is using this ministry in your life, please send us an email to media at christislove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at Christ United MB. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you.